All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to have you here today. Happy Monday to you. It happens to be Monday when we're doing the show. For those of you that are live streaming with us on YouTube and on Facebook at Boca Podcast, of course, you'll know that. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, make sure you come hang out with us sometimes. We're going to usually, especially moving forward, we're going to average probably about two live streams a week. And I want to make sure that we're regularly putting out two Boca Podcast episodes a week as well. We slowed down there for a little bit, had a lot of things going on behind the scenes, but we're going to bump that back up. So usually about two shows a week. So come join the live stream. If you follow us on Instagram at Boca Podcast, you can keep up to date with the upcoming live streams. Of course, we'll announce those there on stories and on our posts. And then for those of you that are live streaming with us today, welcome. And please don't be shy. Join the conversation today. Ask some questions. We're getting into a topic that... We've really never covered before, at least in any kind of detail. And uh, so don't be shy. Ask questions. Express a little bit of curiosity. Join the conversation. Make it a group discussion. And uh, that's really, honestly, one of the biggest benefits of doing these live streams. So take advantage of that for sure. And then, you know what? Last but not least, I'm I'm realizing here as I'm about to announce this, that um, this is where I normally share the screenshot of my donation to Charity Water. And I totally forgot to do the screenshot today. I actually, you know what? I did the screenshot. I didn't prepare it in advance. So I swear I made the donation charity water. And of course, I, I just share this to encourage you to look for opportunities to give back. This is something that I do before every show, every episode of the Boca podcast. It's amazing how a little bit of money can go a long way. Charity water in particular, I'm, I'm giving $40 each time. And that's enough to, to give clean drinking water to one, I think maybe even two or three people. Um, as a result of the service that that they offer. It's absolutely incredible. And again, just, just want to encourage you to look for those opportunities to give back, whether it's in your local community or to these larger organizations as well. Okay, got the introduction done. I think all the technology is running smoothly and I want to introduce uh, our brand new guest for today. Julia Eskin is here with me. Julia, thank you so much for hanging with me, working through all the logistics. We made it happen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nathan. Well, and it's a privilege to have you here. And, and I said this to you before we got started, but you know, we, we had to kind of address some of the tech issues and logistical issues before we got started, make sure everything was lined up and ready to go. So we didn't actually get a chance to really talk uh, and get to know each other personally a little bit. We're going to do that here on the show. And um, I, I appreciate your willingness to come and do this show, to have this conversation. It's an interesting very unique conversation, actually. We're going to get into, for those of you who aren't aware, we're going to be talking about how to add an additional stream of revenue to your wedding photography business with live streaming the wedding event. And um, this is an interesting one. I've got questions about it, but we're going to get to those in just a little bit, Julia. First, tell us what marketplace that you're based in. Where are you photographing normally? Uh, We're actually based in uh, Punta Cana in Dominican Republic and we've been shooting uh, destination weddings here for just over 10 years. Oh, that's okay. I'm I'm already jealous. I think I I photographed one wedding in Punta Cana a number of years ago. It's probably been 10, 12 years ago, maybe more than that, actually. Um, But yeah, what a beautiful locale to, to be in. And you said you've been photographing for about 10 years. Is that right? Uh, well, probably over 12 in total and okay. uh, over 10 years in Punta Cana. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, well, I, while we're talking about your photography business, I want to go ahead and bring up your website here. And for anybody listening in or for those of you who are live streaming or not live streaming, uh, either way, love.juliaeskin, J-U-L-I-A-E-S-K-I-N.com. 
And um, I, I actually am really curious, Julie, I noticed that you've got a very simple website. We're going to talk about your brand position here in just a second, which is very prominent there on the, on the top of your homepage. But I know that you've got a super simple website. I'm used to, to going to a website and there being quite a bit of navigation, various menu options, et cetera. Yours is very simple in that you just simply scroll down. You've got a few clear calls to action. And, and I'd love for you to just lend a little perspective to this design. I'm, I'm a bit of a simplicity freak myself. I, I'm very curious about this. What was the thought process behind it? Uh, so at some point, uh, we started mostly getting uh, clients through referrals. And we find that website worked, uh, just the landing page worked really well. Like just the call to action, they already know they're mostly, most of the clients were referred from someone, um, partly because we have another business too. So we're limiting the amount of clients that we take each year now. Yes. So just the landing page and, uh, worked really well for us like it just shows uh exactly what we're about um shows what we offer and uh the clients just have to click one button and reach out to us i that's kind of brilliant okay so first of all for anybody who didn't i, I don't think i scrolled all the way down so i'm going to come back to your website here and share this i know we're kind of going on a tangent here but i think this is an important tangent for a couple of different reasons first of all when we talk about simplicity of user experience we've delved into this a little bit on the show before but you're able to do this, first of all, because you have intention. You're aware of how your clients or potential clients behave. You know that most of them are coming as a result of a referral to you. So you don't need to walk them through this whole detailed, busy process. It can be very, very simple. So as I'm scrolling down, for anybody who's just listening to this, I, there's a, a header image on top. The brand position statement we'll get to here in just a second. And then scroll down a little bit. The first call to action, a button there is check your date. And then there's some details about a wedding package. It seems like it's pretty standard package. And then another call to action, get the price. Uh, just a little blurb about the photographic style. And then another call to action, check out our latest weddings on the blog. And then another section that says the team. And of course, this is you and your husband, correct, Mark? That's correct. Yeah. yeah so, and it just says meet us and another call to action, contact us. And uh, then the, at the very bottom of the page, request packages. But it's a very simple scrolling page. And again, you're able to do this because you're aware of your, the way that your potential clients behave, how your market behaves, why they're coming to you, how they're coming to you. And you've designed your website intentionally accordingly. And I think that's a brilliant example for all of us. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, we we had a pretty extensive website with uh, a lot more information in it. But, uh, just because we have another business, we figured this is um, perfect for what it is now. And it makes it so easy for the clients to reach out to us. Yep. Well, and again, just a sense of awareness, number one. I think this is important. We talk a lot on, or a good bit on the, on the podcast about being aware of the way that our, our clients think, how they behave, what it is that we need to do to serve them best. And you're aware of that and you've acted accordingly. And, and of course, we're going to talk about your other business here in just a second as well. But yeah. I, I just, I love this. It's something different. It caught my attention. So I was like, I have to ask her about, about this. I appreciate you sharing. We usually talk about brand position on our podcast as kind of the first point of conversation. Mm -hmm. And I am going to jump back to your, your website here, your photography website, and would love for you to share this brand position statement here and kind of the thought process, the intention behind it, if you will. So uh, photos you love is our brand position, is our motto. And um, I think when the clients 
come to us. This is so important to me that looking back years later, these are the photos they will love. Like this is to me, that's what we do. This is why we're there. Uh, capturing those moments, those emotions uh, that they can uh, look back at years later and feel like they were actually there. They're actually there even yeah. years later. That makes sense. So I have a question for you on this because sometimes it's amazing how a simple statement that in some ways states the obvious uh, or what we would hope would be the obvious, right? Photos that they'll yeah. love. Hopefully you are capturing beautiful images <laughs> that help them remember this, this event in their life. But sometimes it's interesting how a simple, obvious statement can actually be so powerful. Why did you choose this statement versus anything else? Uh, I guess it's focus, focusing on the customer, focusing on the couple. To me, this is really important that we're doing it in a way for them. It's not, um, it's their wedding day. It's their special, very special event in their lifetime. So uh, photos they will love, like actually addressing it to them. It's, it's about them. Uh, yeah, it's about them. Which, yeah, that's something that we keep coming back to on the podcast. I think it's really important. Again, it seems obvious, but photographers kind of get caught up in themselves a lot of times, intentionally or unintentionally, right? But there is a lot of importance placed in the photography and, and the photographic process and the workflow and, and, you know, the clients should provide us dinner and, and all this other stuff. It becomes about the photographer when really at the end of the day, it's about the client and you're highlighting that. And again, I, I don't say obvious. I, I'm not saying this in a critical way. I think it's very interesting that you're making an obvious statement, but it's actually really powerful. Um, and it highlights something very beautiful and something that's important, which is it is actually about the client in the end. And that's what the focus should be. And, and I, I really love that. Um, so beautifully done. By the way, Andres is, is chiming in from YouTube. He says, hi from Texas. Thanks for joining us again, Andres. And there are others live streaming. Y'all don't be shy. Chime in, tell us where you're listening from, say hello. And again, don't be afraid to ask questions all along the way. Um, I wanna keep going though. And we are gonna talk about your other business here in just a little bit. We'll highlight the, the business and the brand position in just a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about customer experience. And you're both a photographer, you have this other live streaming business. Based on your experience as an entrepreneur, tell us what you feel the most important principle is behind providing an incredible customer experience. To me, it's always empathy. It's uh, trying to be in the client's shoes and mm. uh, thinking, trying to think how they are thinking. Is that something that comes natural for you? Because it, it, honestly, it didn't for me for years. It, it comes more naturally now, I think, but it's something I still have to be intentional about as well. Is that just kind of natural for you? Uh, I think it's a little bit more natural for me than my husband, for example, okay. even though that he shoots with me. For <laughs> I won't so tell many him he said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows. <laughs> okay. uh, but it's uh, over the years just noticing that everyone is so different, and my perspective might not uh, be the bride's or the groom's or I don't know, mother of the bride's perspective that um, going into the wedding. I have to try and look at it, at everything happening from their perspective, how they see the day, uh, mm. the relationships, and uh, just trying to feel, kind of try to feel what they are feeling in that moment. Yeah, I, I, this is another tangent that I could easily follow for a little while. This is something that 
Um, Jill, who, who is kind of head of our digital marketing at Photographer's Edit in the Boca podcast, we've talked extensively about this, um, the significance of empathy. And, you know, we come from different backgrounds. Jill and I come from relatively similar backgrounds. We have others in our yeah. team who come from different backgrounds. And at the end of the day, there are certain, I guess, tendencies that we develop, behavioral traits that we develop because of where we come from, the experiences that we have. And they're not necessarily wrong or right. They just kind of are, right? And then we start to engage with others, whether in our personal life or our business life. And there is a, I think in some cases, again, whether it's conscious or subconscious, maybe this tendency to kind of like, whoa, I, I don't like this, or I'm not a huge fan of this, or that makes me uncomfortable, or I don't agree with that thing. And the reality is it's just, it's a different person with different experiences and different behavioral traits as a result. And learning just to kind of take a step back, take a deep breath and learn to see things from their side a little bit. Be curious. That, that's a word I think that's really important. Be super curious. Mm -hmm. It makes us better human beings, but it makes us better photographers yeah. as well. So I think it's so important. Oh, definitely. Especially here in Putacana and shooting destination weddings, we get people from all over the world. Uh, so this is really important to understand like different cultures and at least try like at least as you said just to be a little curious yeah that's the word i, I that's the word I, I have it in fact one of my one of my values um as just as an individual uh is driven by this idea of growth um and ultimately i think some of that growth comes from curiosity if i behave with curiosity in my personal life and in my business um, I'll naturally want to learn whether it's about a person or a thing or a process mm -hmm. and I'm able to gain perspective as a result. I can learn something that could better my life. But I think maintaining that level of curiosity, kind of setting ego aside is really, really important again for human beings in general, but certainly as business owners and photographers, I think that's, it's extremely important as well. So I, you're highlighting very important principles and I love this. I want to keep going though. Talk to me a little bit about time management because you've got a couple of businesses, you've got family, how are you intentionally managing your time? Is there an idea or principle that's helping you do that more effectively day to day? Uh, yes. So we do have a couple of businesses and we have two kids. So for me, what works best is um, there's that book, Eat That Frog. And basically it's like doing the important uh, things first. And I'm a morning person. So to me, it's doing everything that I can and the most important things in the morning, um, well, it can be different timing for everyone, but for me, it's knowing what are the most impactful and important things that I have to do today. Mm. And uh, this is how my day runs <laughs> yeah. and calendars, of course. Yes. Well, yeah. And you speak to something interesting, which is, yes, there are different, different people have different tendencies as far as whether or not they function best in the morning or the evenings. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing kind of remains the same, at least for people that have families and have a lot of different responsibilities, which is that if you don't get the important stuff done first thing in the day, there's a good mm -hmm. chance that later in the day, that thing may not get done, right? Because oh, yeah. something yeah. else happens oh, and then we're distracted. And we have to do that. And then we have another responsibility we got to go to. I think it is important to to maintain some sense of priority in the day and, and get those important things done first. And you mentioned that book, Eat That Frog. I'm going to bring this up on screen. Is that by Brian Tracy? Is that the one? Yes. Yes. I Eat. love that book. I, I, it's awesome. Okay. So we're going to make sure to link to this Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time. This has me curious. I've never read this book before. 
Um, and I'm, I'm a little obsessed with time management. So this is kind of interesting. Okay. Well, we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And I should ask you, Julie, while we're on this topic, I normally ask about a favorite book, business book or self-help book. Is this the one or do you have another one you want to recommend as well? Uh, no, the one I can really recommend is uh, The Dip by Seth Godin. Yes. And it's, uh, it's an old book. Like it came out um, a while ago, but to me, it, uh, I think it literally changed my life. Um, so I definitely, it's a very short book, but to me, it's very important to read. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious, give me one like big takeaway from it because we want to tease everybody's interests here. So, um, basically I read it a while ago, but I keep coming back to different ideas from that book. It's, uh, when you're learning something new or starting something new, at some point there is always going to be a dip, like where you are either thinking to quit or to continue going. So, and this book just basically walks you through different options that you have and how to decide which is best. Interesting. Should you actually quit or should you keep going? That's interesting. Okay, I, I want to say I own this book, but I don't think I've actually read it. I'm going to put, pop it up on screen here for anybody who's live streaming with us. So Seth Godin, one of my favorite authors, also an incredible speaker. Uh, the book is called The Dip, a little book that teaches you when to quit and when to stick. And um, it's, of course, available on Amazon. We'll also link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. This has been really good. Super practical information already. Awesome. Um, and you know what? Let's let's just talk about one last concept here, because again, and kind of jumping back to the time management conversation, you've got a photography business. Um, you also have this business that we're going to talk about here in just a second, a live streaming company, and you've got family. So you've got a multitask. There's so many different responsibilities. Delegation, I think, is one of the most helpful concepts or ideas that we can apply in our business and our life that helps us manage our time a little bit more effectively as business owners so we don't get absolutely overwhelmed in the process. If we try to do everything ourselves, you know, under the guise of it's not going to be good enough if somebody else does it, or I, I'm lazy if I give it to somebody else to do it, or whatever the reasoning, we're going to get burnt out at the end of the day. And it, it really sucks the life out of us. So have you experimented with this idea of delegation? And if so, what does that look like for you? Oh, definitely. So to me, it's uh, at some point I realized that I do have to outsource and delegate things that I don't like. <laughs> so I know a lot of times we're like, it's not worth it. But to me, delegating um, things that somebody else can do and um, that you don't actually like doing because you can spend your time on something you love. And you can do so much better at that than doing something you don't like and spending most of your day on it. So I did delegate editing a while okay. ago. And okay. so that's, um, that's up your eye, right? And uh, um, uh, some of the housework too, because we have two kids and we have two businesses. So to me, uh, we do have somebody helping out um, with, like house cleaning to me that was huge like mm. that's normally you're like well why would i spend money on that but to me that just opened up the world like it's changed my life completely let me ask you so i have a couple of questions about this follow-up questions mm -hmm. first of all you talk about having kids and, and house cleaning this is something that i actually did with my former partner a number of years ago 
two kids, young kids, photography business, lots going on, right? And I, I grew up in a house where my parents were very, my dad in particular, very structured and, and I had three brothers and everybody had their chores, the things that they did, the responsibilities. And so the natural conversation, the way the conversation played out growing up for me was you have a chore, you have a list of chores, here's your responsibilities and so you do that thing. And so with my kids, I felt like that's a good way to go. I should teach them you know, discipline and character and responsibility, and they should take some ownership and, and learn what it means to, to clean up their own room, certainly, but then help clean the rest of the house that they're living in as well. Uh, but yet, despite kind of that tendency, that leaning, we did end up hiring somebody to come in to help with cleaning um, in certain intervals. Because my thought at that point was, uh, yes, while it's important to, to teach my kids character and responsibility, I also find it more important for me to, if, if the, somebody's claim, coming over to clean the house, I can literally go spend time with them together. Like we can go do something together. That that time together was more important than making sure that they had a, a list of chores. Do you have any take on that? I know this is kind of totally outside the, the conversation, but I'm curious. No, no, exactly the same thinking. Like it's, uh, we are trying to teach them to do their, they do have their chores and they, uh, they know their responsibilities, but um, honestly, just to keep myself sane and to spend that time with them. So we can, as you mentioned, so we can go and do something together with the kids. Yeah. Uh, that just made so much more sense. Okay. I, I like that. That's interesting. Okay. The other question I have for you, and I've, there have been plenty of guests that have come on the show that have talked about outsourcing or delegating things that they don't like. And, and I get that. Like if I don't prefer to manage my accounting, for example, then naturally yeah. I want to hand that over to somebody, not only that can do that for me, but that knows better than I do. Um, but I also am wondering because some photographers say, for example, that they like editing. So they're not going to delegate editing to somebody else, even though it's probably the most time consuming element of running a photography business. So yes. where is that balance? And this, this isn't just about editing anything. Where's the balance between I'm delegating something because I don't like it and I'm delegating something because I know that it's the intelligent choice for my business. I, I'm wondering kind of where you make, where, where you draw that line, how you make that decision. Uh, to me, it's just time spent in that case. Like if I realize that I spend days on editing when, uh, even though, for example, I would, I don't personally like it anymore. I think, at first, when I started, it was fun, but over the years, it's just... Um, one it's more just thing to taken, do. Yeah, it's one more thing to do, and was taking uh, days of my life, basically. Mm. Like, not just hours, it's like days and days. And uh, at that point, just realizing that uh, this time can definitely be spent on something else. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, I just, I was curious to get your take because I, I think as business owners, especially if we have multiple businesses and then we're starting to grow a team of people, there are certain things that we might like to do, but doing them isn't necessarily the best time management at the end of the day. Like you said, it takes up time. I mean, I could say, Hey, I like to watch Netflix. So I'm going to sit in the couch and watch Netflix all day. Just because I like to do something doesn't necessarily mean it's the best choice for the business. And, and I think what you highlighted there at the end is the more important idea, which is time. I have only a certain amount of time in the day. And if I try to hold on to everything, I'm not going to get it all done. Number one, I'm going to get burnt out. Number two, and my business will be limited in its capability to grow. Number three. And, and then of course I'm also, I have no time left over to spend with the important people in my life. So these are all really strong reasons to, to delegate something, editing, album design, accounting, administrative tasks, whatever it might be 
so that I can also focus my time, first of all, on, on the important people in my life, certainly, but then also the things that are going to actually grow my business. And I think that's, that is, those two key ideas um, are more impactful in the long run. What are your thoughts? Oh, definitely. And as a photographer, I realized once I started outsourcing I, and I love shooting. That's what I actually love doing. So I realized the freedom of somebody else editing the photos. Um, this means I can actually shoot more mm. because just the idea that I had um, 10, 12 weddings as a backlog and shooting another wedding and like, when I'm going to edit all those pictures, right? Like there are thousands of photos. Like yep. when am I going to do that? And having two kids. So, um, delegating the editing really helped me to shoot more and then I can deliver the photos on time. And then I can also spend time on my other business and spend time with my kids and husband. Totally makes sense. All right, we will, we will leave that conversation because could, I could also park there for a little while. We could keep talking. I want to get to the main conversation at hand. We're going to talk about the idea of adding live streaming as a service to a wedding photography business. And to kind of set that conversation up, I, I want to, to bring everybody's attention to your other business. I'm going to pull it up here on screen, Event Live. And um, coming back to the home screen, actually, of, or the uh, homepage of the, the site, Live Stream Your Wedding for those who can't be there. This is a business that you and your husband are running, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And how long ago did you start the company? And in fact, let's get the whole backstory. How, like, where did you come up with the idea and how long ago did you start it? Oh, so we started this um, probably around three years ago. So before COVID, actually. Uh, since we're photographing destination weddings, uh, I've noticed that there were so many brides and uh, couples that were trying to um, uh, have phone call, like phone calls, FaceTime, um, Skype, uh, anything that you can think about uh, right before the wedding. Okay. Because somebody was always missing. Like it's a mm. destination wedding, mm -hmm. so someone can't make it. It's either a close relative, um, a close friend, a grandma, grandpa, sister. Uh, so, uh, this was usually delegated to a friend, uh, a friend or like mother of the bride or father of the groom. And they would uh, run to up to us and like, can you help me with that? Like, can you right. help me with the yeah. uh, Skype call, FaceTime? Mm -hmm. And then they had no idea, like, how do they call someone? Like, how do they go live on Instagram? Which Instagram? Uh, how do they add people to the Skype call? Uh, the internet connection would not be great. Like they would only have Wi-Fi because they're in another country. Like it's, it was a mess. Like it never worked out. Like in eight out of 10 cases, it wasn't working. Uh, so that's when we started thinking like, well, it's a, pro it's a different, it's definitely a problem that people are trying to solve in <laughs> most creative ways. Like how can we help? And uh, we started trying different options, different cameras, different setups, different software. And uh, my husband, uh, Mark, he's a software developer. So then he thought about it and said, well, let's just make something for us. Like, let's develop an app for us. Wow. And that's how Event Life was born. Now um, people use it all around the world. <laughs> that's incredible. Okay. so. 
I want to park here for just a second because while we are going to talk about how this can potentially be a source of revenue for wedding photographers, I'm also curious at kind of the angle of this conversation or looking at, at the, this conversation from the angle of entrepreneur. So you're already a wedding photographer and then you see a, an issue that needs a solution, right? There's a problem that needs to be solved. You didn't see a good solution to that problem. So the solution in a sense was to create your own solution. And this reminds me, honestly, the story of, of Photographer's Edit. It also reminds me of the, the story behind a company that we're actually getting ready to launch later this year as well in the photography space. But um, was, that, was that kind of a natural tendency for you to look to create something? I mean, did it feel overwhelming that you have, already have a photography business, you're going to try to start something else on top of that? Uh, no, at first we just wanted to offer it as an additional service to our clients. Uh, and then the idea, we kind of looked online uh, for different options and thought, well, if we have that problem, there are probably other uh, photographers mm. or even brides and grooms themselves who could use this, like sure. if we make it simple enough. And then, of course, over time, it started growing. And, well, with COVID, <laughs> it actually grew so much more Like at some point. We just thought about destination weddings first, and with COVID, all of a sudden, uh, there were like everyone needed it. It just exploded. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. really that's a cool story. Um, and I'm just naturally curious as an entrepreneur. Like what, that, that's very fascinating. You saw a need. You came up with a solution to that need. Major props yeah. to you and your husband, Mark. That, I think that's a really cool thing. I, you already kind of answered this question for me by with, with your introduction to it, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it, and that is. I do. You mentioned Instagram or you know Skype. Of course, Zoom now is, is, has been massively popular, particularly because of COVID. There are these other solutions that enable people to live stream if they want to. So when I when I think about creating a solution, for example, the the company that we're about to launch, we're in a bit of a unique situation, and that we're creating something that has no competition. It's usually a first, to, actually first to market. Awesome. That's a bit of an unusual situation to be in. Usually when we start a business, whether it's a photography business um, or in my case, starting Photographer's Edit 13, 14 years ago, there were two or three other editing companies in the industry at the time that were offering a service. And so I saw other solutions and I had to position myself against those solutions. They do these things. There are problems with some of the ways that they're running it. So we're going to do something different to kind of counter that, right? To compete against that, to stand out in contrast to that. How did you all think about the competition, Instagram, Facebook, Zoom, Skype, all these other things, in contrast to what you were going to launch so that you made sure you came out with something unique? So we actually saw people struggling with all those solutions. Uh, and that's why we tried to make it extremely simple for um, both the host of the event, so the person actually streaming on location and uh, the person watching. And we tried to make it as easy as like 85 year old grandma can figure it out. Like honestly, we it. saw, yeah. So it's uh, people can just, uh, the guests, the viewers uh, can just click a link and that's it and then mm. watching the live stream. It opens directly in the browser. You don't have to sign in. You don't have to download anything. Okay. And um, that's it. So for a lot of solutions like Facebook, Instagram, that's not their main feature. So guests would get lost as well as the host. Um, for the host, the person actually streaming, um, we made it super simple. Like they just open the app, create an event, um, 
schedule it and then on the day of the event they just uh, go into the app and go live and that's it that makes sense so simplicity is the driver though that that's what stands out to me in in your description exactly yeah that's our motto basically it's uh, make it easy and simple for Mm -hmm. both like the whole the person streaming and uh the person watching and while this conversation is ultimately not meant to be a, like a dissection of your business model, I, I think it's a good lesson for all of our listeners, if it's, our entrepreneurs that are listening in, photography business owners mainly, primarily, um, that when we create a solution um, or even an inroads to a solution, right? So we, we offer a service as photographers that is the solution to a need or a problem. Somebody needs a wedding photographer. They need a portrait photographer. So they need to hire somebody. The inroads to that solution is our website. And much like our, we started the conversation at the very beginning, creating a website that is easy to use, so easy that an 85-year-old can use it or an you know, 8-year-old can use it, I think it's really important to think in those terms. We, I've literally had these conversations with, uh, I've been working with our, our content manager for this new brand, talking about how we, how we present content. And we've been having this very conversation, which is how can we the education behind this brand, how do we, how do we communicate in a way that our mothers, my mom is, uh, well, I won't give her age away, but my mom is a little bit older, of course. And while she's relatively technologically savvy, a new app or a new piece of hardware, learning that thing may not come quite as easy as, um, you know, some, the way that my son, for example, might pick up technology. And so we have to design it in a way that is easy to, to understand that's easy to use. The process of creating that might be complicated, but for the end user, we need to make it as simple as possible. And that's the goal. And I think that's a good reminder for all photographers involved. When I, when I think about, and the reason that your website stood out, Julia, to me so distinctly was because of its simplicity. Most photographers' websites you go to, there's 68 different options that you have to, you have to make some choices and it makes it more complicated. And a lot of those choices aren't clear what the choices actually are. Like what happens if I click here because the call to action isn't clear or the menu item is a little bit vague. And so I don't know what's gonna happen if I click there. We have to make these things easy user, make an easy user experience for the end user. That's so, so important. I'm, I'm glad that you highlight this. Yes, definitely. And that's, uh, we're really focused on the simplicity. That's great, okay. I, again, not meant to dissect your business, but I think it's a really interesting model already. So this is really, really, really cool. So I, I want to I get back to, ju- just jump back to your website here. And I'm going to highlight this for everybody who's like, okay, so what, what does this actually mean? So you've got an app that enables somebody to be able to, to stream the wedding. And then that's, going, that's getting pushed out. Everybody has easy access via a browser, as you described earlier. Um, live stream your wedding is the position statement at the top. And um, your live event, I'm just scrolling down the site. Your live event is only one click away for your guests go live with your smartphone and then very easy four step, how to go live with your smartphone, just making it very easy. And, I, and again, I love the simplicity of, of the model there. I know that what we're talking about today is how photographers can go about using this as a secondary source of revenue for their business. Um, can you set that conversation up just a little bit? I, I, I want to get into how we can minimize distraction for the photographer trying to multitask, do this and also photograph the wedding. But before we go there, what, is this, what does this actually look like? Like how, do, how would a photographer set this up as a secondary stream of revenue for their business? So for photographers, they, we find that um, most of them either included in their packages, in their top package as a bonus or okay. um, offered as an additional service. And that works 
really well too. Interesting. Uh, Are they however, just using their, most of them using their phones then to actually do the streaming? Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, it's been, um, we've actually seen photographers and videographers going from uh, really, uh, like really complicated encoder mm -hmm. uh, setups mm -hmm. to their phone. And uh, most of them work, uh, most of them find that it works so well for them. Yeah. So most of the time it's simply a smartphone on, uh, on a light stand or a tripod with a phone mount. And uh, they just, well, I'll, I can tell you what I do and most of our clients do. We just put it somewhere um, where the ceremony can be uh, seen clearly and uh, that it's not in the way, in our ways, the photographers and um, mm. not in the way of the videographers. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. So we create an event uh, ahead of time. It's just a few clicks. Um, send the link for the event to the clients. And they just share that link with all their family and friends. And uh, on the day of the event, we just uh, hit go live in the app, and that's it. All the guests um, that you know that have the link, they will see uh, the live stream in the browser, and we also cool. have reminder options where they will see emails, um, uh, you know, that the event is started soon, and then that it's live uh, when it's actually live. And it's a very simple setup. Like you basically only need a light stand or a tripod that you probably already have, um, a phone mount, which costs like 10, 15 bucks. Yeah, super, and super cheap. That's it, an hour up. And uh, we also recommend uh, a microphone, mm -hmm. but that's optional. Sure. So, what are, do you know what photographers, I know you said that they're sometimes just adding it as a bonus to the package, which I think is a great value add. Um, or and, and I think the actual cost per event is $50, is that right? Yes, yeah, so it's so, $50 per event, or we have packages that work out a lot cheaper, like if you okay. buy events in bulk. Okay, got it. So then is a photographer just kind of upcharging for that service if they are charging for it? Is it just very simply doubling that, tripling it, or what are they normally charging, do you know? Uh, usually from what we heard, like we charge uh, $450 extra for that. So okay. it works out really well. That's yeah. just for streaming the ceremony. And um, I think that's the range that most people charge, like from mm. 400 to 800 depending on uh, what they're covering like if it's just a ceremony it's usually around uh, 400 450 extra uh, I know some people charge about 600 but if it's um, a ceremony and then sometimes like first dance speeches then it's a little bit more than that sure yeah sure sure okay Which I just is, wanted to get a basic yeah. idea just for our listeners in case they were kind of curious okay so what how does this actually what does this look like when I bring it to my business. I, I want to get back to that conversation though about distraction. And, and the reason I ask this naturally is that like if, I, if I'm as a photographer, especially if I'm just shooting on my own, I have enough to focus on with just the camera in hand, making sure I'm capturing everything. But now I also have to set up that, that light stand. Are there, what are the couple of ways that photographers just can minimize the potential for distraction in managing both the photography and also the live streaming? Uh, so just having everything set up ahead of time, like having the phone mount already on the tripod and uh, having everything like the app ready and basically it takes two seconds. Like you just kind of look at the location where 
the best placement would be for the um, tripod. You just set it there, get it out, set it there, and that's basically it. You're all set to go. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I, when, when I was thinking about it before, I don't know why I thought it would be more complicated than that, but it really it's just as simple as setting up on the tripod and letting it be, um, and of course making sure the battery is charged for that device before you get started <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't lose that during. That, that, that makes sense. Okay, so if a photographer theoretically wanted to begin to offer this through their business, um, whether as a bonus or as an add-on, something add-on, what are some of the steps that they would need to kind of, that, that you would recommend in getting started, beginning to offer that? Okay, so first go to our website, eventlive.pro slash business, because it has a little bit more business uh, information on it and uh, register or, uh, and download our app. Uh, once you register, we have free tests and you can run as many as you want uh, just to see how it works. It's super simple. Uh, you, can, um, you can add a, your own logo and brand your events. So um, the pages won't have our event live logo. They will actually have your logo. And uh, also the emails will come from your brand. So it's a great advertising too for your future clients. Um, and then just run some tests. Once you're ready to go, you can reach out to us in our chat and we'll give you a first event free for photographers. We offer it to someone we want people to try and um, get a phone mount. That's important because I know a lot of us have tripods and light stands, but we don't have an actual phone mount. And um, that's about it. Like if you're not happy with the sound, we definitely recommend uh, a simple Bluetooth microphone. Um, they're, they're like Rode Wireless Go 2, and then there are some cheaper options uh, like single microphones. Okay, so with those wireless microphones, are you suggesting that they put those on the bride and the groom so that the people watching the live stream can hear, or who is that mic for? So, yeah, so it depends on the, um, on their, it depends on the location and the setting of the wedding. So if there is a sound system in place, we usually recommend to put uh, the microphone closer to the speaker because the sound is going to be coming from the speaker. Um, if uh, there is no sound system in place, we usually give it to the efficient or put it on the efficient. And then uh, the bride and the groom are usually close enough to the efficient that uh, the microphone will pick that up. Okay, simple enough. I like simplicity. Yeah. I think, that, I mean, it's, it's really an interesting business model just in this example of simplicity. Uh, and, and I want to add this little caveat too. I, I, I think I've alluded to this before, Julia, when I've had other businesses on, on our podcast. Julia is not paying to be here to, to promote her, her service today. This is something Thank that we agreed you. to have a conversation about. I, I think it's been cool because we've been able to highlight your business, um, certainly for your sake, but also for photographers and learning a potential additional stream of revenue to make a few hundred, few hundred extra bucks just to offer that to their clients or even offer a bonus service. I used to offer in, in our wedding packages a kind of a surprise guest, a bonus gift, if you will, to my clients. And I thought, it was so cool. This is something extra that they could do in that way. But I think this has also been a really interesting conversation in its exploration of the business model that you offer. And again, this, the, the highlighting of the importance of simplicity. I think we can all stand to be way more simple in the way that we present our business and the way that we offer our service. And you all have set a wonderful example in that regard. 
Thank you. Yes, definitely. And the feedback that we receive from clients and uh, right at the wedding actually is unbelievable. This is, you know, like you obviously hear thank you. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the photographer for a wonderful service. And then you, once you deliver the photos, you know, you hear a thank you too, but this is happening at the wedding. Like we, uh, just last week, we had the uh, father of the bride coming up to us and he was so thankful because his mom, so mm. um, bride's grandma could watch the wedding and yeah. she, she couldn't travel, but she could watch the whole wedding. And uh, just the feedback is amazing. Like this is completely different and so important for, um, for people who can be there and for the couple themselves and for their family, uh, that they know people, their family and friends who are not there can be included. Yeah. Well, and, and even, even before the pandemic, of course, this is a, a naturally occurring daily issue where somebody can't make an event yeah. because it's a long distance away. Uh, maybe they're dealing with health issues, whatever the reasoning, this is a, a really, again, a beautifully simple solution, but a, a nice solution um, for that purpose. And, and I appreciate you making time to come in and highlight this on the podcast today. And, and again, just a really great reminder too of our listeners or for our listeners and how they approach business. I think the business model is a great example as well. Remind our listeners one more time where they can find and follow you all online so they can learn more. Uh, so you can find us at eventlive.pro slash business. Or uh, we have some great tutorial videos uh, on YouTube and it's youtube.com slash eventlifepro. Brilliant. Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes as well at bocapodcast.com. Julia, thank you so much for making time. Thanks for everybody for listening in today. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Nathan.